Welcome aboard the Little Red Bandwagon, your twice-weekly podcast celebrating the radio show Turn Podcast Too Beautiful to Live in Pawtucket, Rhode Island, getting ready to put on one of my many Bills throwback jerseys. I'm Bobby Pape, and joining me from Dallas, Texas, I assume in an old, well-worn, tattered Barry Sanders jersey, Meredith All the Way Mayhan. Good morning, Meredith. Good morning. How did you guess? I just knew. I knew that you would go back to your roots and in New Brighton, Minnesota. And I assume that you're counting down the minutes as you Velcro on some Sam Bradford lettering, knowing that it probably doesn't need to last. (laughs) He's not even starting. Why would I worry about it? I just thought, you know, you'd want to welcome him because Minnesotans are so welcoming. Um, Football, that's the one with the pointy ball, right? Something like that. Uh, we've got some LRB business, followed by your Week in Review, as this is your Monday episode of Little Red Bandwagon. Some housekeeping and how to get involved. First, we're going to jump into some LRB business, starting with an anniversary. It was September 11, 2009, when TBTL aired its last episode over the air of Terrestrial Radio at Cairo Radio. And so in lieu of our usual shenanigans at the end of the show, this episode, we're going to bring you uh, a clip back, a special Monday edition look back at the sign-offs from that last terrestrial radio sign-off. Make sure you listen all the way through to the end of the show for that, as if you needed a reason to keep listening to our show. And before we get to the Week in Review, Anne, can we get a Jam Tracker update? We can. Uh, The Jam Tracker is looking good. We have uh, had some more donations, and we are sitting pretty now at 36 jams that we can afford to get out of six (laughs) per person. So this is going really well. Yeah. um, I'm wondering, um, do we have any need to worry about Luke and Andrew jams or are they on their own? Because I'm already seeing uh, lost AirPods in Luke's future. (laughs) (laughs) They're on their own. Which is several jams. I also had considered sending him some Splenda this week because he was bitching about how nobody sends him anything. (laughs) Despite the fact that he ate all of my Kit's cat, but that's for later. Um, As long as we're talking about the Jam Tracker, I want to go ahead and thank uh, those most recent uh, supporters. Now, we don't have an Alanis Morissette song for you, but uh, Diana Ecker of California, Megan Keene of California, and Andrea Ballard of Washington. Diana Ecker, Megan Keene, Andrea Ballard, thank you for helping us get awesome jams. We really appreciate it. I want to use the Golden Girls theme song. I think we should just go with that. Oh, that's so much better. (laughs) Thank thank you you for for being a friend. Uh Uh, Do you want the Andrew Gold original cut? You know, it's a full song. Well, do we need the full song? (laughs) (laughs) Just going to let it roll for like four and a half minutes. (laughs) Maybe someday we'll have that many donors every week. Uh, It's something to dream for. I like it. Um, Also, I'm pretty sure the video is not Andrew Gold sitting naked on a public bus. Like the Alanis Morissette video for Thank You. (laughs) There's something to be thankful for. Uh, Let's get into our Week in Review, starting with Monday 2200. Uh, I just narmed you, bro. And I think since this was a rerun with just a Labor Day intro, uh, I had written down just a couple of off-the-cuff notes. Um, Because of union rules, no drops on Labor Day. Of course. Of course. (laughs) Um, Luke's back is bothering him a lot, which does, I believe, come up later in the week, too. Uh, which led to an interesting thought about Livewire. <laughs> yes. Luke tells Andrew that he is next in the Livewire succession. So if anything happens to Luke, Andrew has to step in. 
And let's all take a moment to think about how that would go. (laughs) And uh, does this mean that uh, Rudy is in a chamber somewhere under the White House? (laughs) (laughs) I'd like to think that in a post-apocalyptic society, we would still have a public radio variety show. Mm -hmm. Of course we would. I think you got to get Stu in there on the line of succession, don't you think? Well, Stu's like the Speaker of the House. He's going to be there, right? Okay. Or is there a conflict because Stu is so close to uh, Prairie Home Companion? Hmm. Sort of like opposition. Turns out that this is more complicated than we thought. I know. We really need to go to the drawing board and come back with this. Whatever we do, though, let's not tell the producers of Livewire. No. Singing Take My Stress Away to the theme of Berlin's Take My Breath Away. Yeah, it was my response, too. <laughs> and uh, then the rerun was from September 2nd, 2015, This Old Hut. And if you want to hear a recap of that, uh, I don't know, go about a year back in our archives, because I know we talked about it. What changes a year has brought. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. He's finally got a coat hook. It's not a new one. <laughs> no, really. Go back to the archives for that. Uh, we'll go to Tuesday 2201. Turn to the brown side. Uh, the guys screwed up the show numbering, but then rectify it, which really made me nervous. I was halfway through writing an email to them when they were talking about fixing it. So um, I'm glad they did. Uh, apparently now in a post-Steve Nelson world, they have to file their own timesheets. Oh, boy. They're never going to get paid again. <laughs> Just the fact that Steve Nelson had been filing their timesheets for them for the past year and a half or whatever. It just boggles my mind. <laughs> what an enabler. Yeah. Well, you know, he scouted them. He wanted the talent. You do what you yep. got to do to get the talent. Mm-hmm. Um, co- conversation about the movie Captain Fantastic, which I admittedly drifted out on. I didn't see that. It sounds interesting, um, but I did watch um, Don't Think Twice. That was last weekend. Right. Um, and Luke thought it was going to be more public radio-y than it was. Uh, I thought it was great. I don't know. I, I didn't really have any complaints about it in that way. Um, Luke thought it was a little too conventional, I guess. Yeah, I, I haven't seen it. I, I remember seeing Sleepwalk with me and really liking it. I did, too. It was very different. Um, there was... You, if I didn't know Ira Glass was involved in this show, I wouldn't have guessed. All right, we get the power out drop. I love it. Oh, so good. <laughs> and it's the first day of on-air thank yous from the last TV telethon, and they have chosen the Alanis Morissette song, Thank Letter U, as their soundtrack for this year's thank yous. Um, except that apparently it's like a bad YouTube rip of the song so it's really low quality is that a jam should we send luke the mp3 to a high quality version of this song can we send him a high quality version of any other song (laughs) (laughs) i hate this song and it's been stuck in my head all week uh i don't know what to tell you other than that you probably need to get used to it top story for tuesday angela lansbury is apparently going to be on game of thrones uh, and the guys work through the casting call sheet to try to figure out which role she's probably trying out for, except she would never need to try out to be on a show like Game of Thrones. <laughs> right. Oh, goodness. <laughs> I, I'm not a Game of Thrones watcher, but I have to admit that I would probably want to see her role. I might have to I might have to make an exception to my not watching of Game of Thrones to see her in it. I think she would be great, but I I do think that that would be very jarring to be watching Angela Lansbury on Game of Thrones 
when the rest of the cast was pretty much anonymous. I mean, that's kind of harsh to say before before they started on the show. It's just it would be really strange to have such a well-known face. Yeah, and I, I don't really understand the landscape of the show. I mean, physically, but I imagine it's pretty harsh. It's like mountains and treacherous journeys. And I don't know how you take a bicycle with a basket on the front through all of that. <laughs> <laughs> and I think it, it came out a couple of days ago that she's not actually going to be on no. Game of Thrones. Oh, unfortunately. Oh. So well, I think that was a rumor, unfounded rumor. So much for that fantasy for Andrew. Yeah. You got to wonder how those, how those, uh, fant- those rumors get started. I mean, in what brain did it just start going around that Angela Lansbury should be on Game of Thrones? I don't know. Well, you take someone who loves both Murder, She Wrote and Game of Thrones. I'm sure that's a Venn diagram with at least a little overlap and that overlap is Andrew Walsh. So (laughs) there's an Andrew out there who said something like that, said, boy, that would be interesting if and somebody else just heard the that's happening part. And then Mm -hmm. then often running to the races, they go. Or Angela Lansbury just has a great publicist and wanted to get her name back out there for something. Oh, there we go. Something, anything that isn't that positive moves video. <laughs> Did either of you watch it? No. No, I looked it up on Amazon. She's got a lot going on in the lifestyle department. <laughs> well, in addition to um, that video, which starts with her lotioning herself up, it Ooh. goes into a full stretching section where she's wearing a one-piece pinkish bodysuit but it's it's loose fitting thank god Uh, and then there's a scene where she's in a bubble bath (laughs) so uh it's seven minutes worth skimming uh if you're into that kind of thing well i love the concept i think it's great to encourage older people to uh remain active and um not to sit in their rocking chairs but it's it's a little strange to actually see that happening yeah yeah um i'm gonna skip over more talk about andrew's love of murder she wrote and jump to luke's man cave that he doesn't want to call a man cave but he's very excited because it has a kitchenette it's totally a man cave Mm -hmm. in no time it's gonna have posters of classic seahawks players tacked Mm -hmm. to the wall Mm -hmm. (laughs) and maybe maybe a nudie calendar if he's lucky possibly a Uh, neon beer sign yeah absolutely (laughs) But not for a good beer. For some local Seattle right. swill, uh, Rainier. Uh-huh. Yeah. And then they'll have the guys over. He'll have a big TV down there in no time. Uh, I'm a little jealous, but not not really. A story comes out from Andrew that the guys had to pick a clip their first week on Infinite Guest to promo on another show. And they chose a clip of them making fun of man caves. And it was rejected by the other show. <laughs> <laughs> So as not to offend people with man caves. Right. <laughs> On to the beginning of a fair amount of sports talk this week. Uh, Luke is in, uh, just barely, in the We Are Tens Fantasy Football League. Um, the computer drafted his team and drafted him quarterback Ben Roethlisberger of the Pittsburgh Steelers, uh, a man who has a long-standing legacy of being uh, generally rapey. Uh allegedly generally rapey. I'm put that in there to make sure we don't get sued. Right. And he has an ethical dilemma because he does not want to start Ben Roethlisberger. And he's trying to come to terms with whether or not that's acceptable to just play him because it's just a game. And, and if we start judging every football player for their actions off field, there won't be enough left to field a team. 
I would argue you shouldn't keep Ben Roethlisberger on your roster because he's going to get hurt in week two <laughs> and then again in week six and nine and 15 uh, because he's old as shit. I think you're and he's a broken down man. You're sidestepping the moral quandary with that response, Bobby. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a place in my heart for um, athlete endorsed food. It's always been really amusing to me. Flutie Flakes, mm-hmm. um, the different cereals. Uh, uh, a former Bills kicker, Steve Christie, used to have a breakfast sausage called Christie's Kickers. Um, but one of my prized possessions for many years in Buffalo was a bag of Big Ben's beef jerky. <laughs> 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 Which they had to discontinue a few years ago because uh, oh, uh, of the general alleged rapiness. Hmm. <laughs> the food company that makes Big Ben's beef jerky did not want to be associated with uh, Big Ben anymore. Uh, and I finally had to throw out my bag of Big Ben's beef jerky because I was afraid of how old it was getting. Uh, just like the man. <laughs> so throw him out along with his beef jerky yeah. uh so the moral of the story here is he signs another quarterback he ends up having another one on his bench too because the computer drafted him too uh and he will be fine and i assume by now someone else in our league has already scooped him up i'm in the league but i didn't go make a power play for for big ben i'm good uh we get an email from laura in seattle with one of the uh, saddest and funniest poop stories we've heard in a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, going back to the Ace Hotel in Portland and one of these bathrooms with not quite enough privacy. Such a terrible... Who designs these things? Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I had a friend who was in a hotel room once and I stopped by to visit and the bathroom was behind like a piece of coated glass. But there was no real door, and it wasn't quite to all the walls. And so it was designed as if you could talk through it and around it. Ugh. And I couldn't, no. use, I couldn't use the bathroom. I had, to, I had to wait. Lobby bathrooms in Boston, by the way, are the best places to find free public bathrooms if you're in Back Bay. Go into one of the fancy hotels and go up to one of the higher conference room floors, second floor, third floor, and use one of those. Uh, as far away from the lobby as you can, and it'll be pretty private and pretty clean. And that's a rare find in Boston. And there's no code to get in? Most of them, no, as far as I've noticed, because they've got to be open for, you know, convention years and stuff. Wow. Yeah. Good tip. Yeah. Um, but I agree, ensuite bathrooms are heavily overrated. I, I would, I'm more than happy to go downstairs in the middle of the night to get away oh, from yeah. the bedroom if I need the bathroom at 3 in the morning. We have an ensuite in our master, but we don't use our master as our bedroom. <laughs> we use it as a guest room so that when people come, they can have their own private bathroom. Uh, I am more than happy to walk several feet away from my bed if I need to go in the middle of the night. I showered in that ensuite. It was very nice. You did. Yeah. And Andrew makes a joke that a puff of smoke means they knew there was a new poop. <laughs> <laughs> We'll keep rolling. Wednesday, 2202, sound the bugles. Luke and Andrew are together at Walsh Walsh and Doormat. Uh, Luke is plowing through a bag of Duke sausages. I forget exactly what's described as a bindle of farts, but any of that works. (laughs) How can his digestive system handle those sausages? Uh, I, I wondered the same thing way back when he was on the turkey pickles and black coffee diet. Ugh. I mean, you might as well just be on a Tums diet. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I, I don't like that kind of stuff. Um, Christy and Jeremy sent me a big bag of Oberto pepperoni sticks 
a while back and I ate some of them, but I had to share most of them because they're just I immediate heartburn. I eat them and it's just like somebody lights a fire in my stomach up through my throat. Hmm. It depends. For me, it depends. There's there's um a kind of jerky at Trader Joe's. It's I think it's sriracha bacon jerky. And it I mean, that is instant heartburn, but it's so good. I can take down a bag of it on the way home from Trader Joe's. And it's worth it. Like, so maybe he, lo- he, he loves salt, right? Uh, Luke loves salt. Mm-hmm. And so maybe this, the heartburn is worth it for him. Yeah. And it's low carb, so he doesn't care about much else. Except when he's going to be preserved by all the fat and nitrates of that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Andrew popped into a, a 7-Eleven or something, and Veeves had to run an errand. And so he decided he was going to indulge himself with a piece of jerky from one of those communal meat jars. Uh, but he misjudged how long Genevieve was going to be gone. And so he had to scarf it all as she was walking back up to him. And she still caught him. And wasn't this like before dinner or something? Like, yeah, they were on their way to dinner. Yeah. And that this was the time he chose to do this. It seems so weird. It's definitely something I would do. Um Sam doesn't judge me for the things I eat, you know, or do, shouldn't care, but I would still be so ashamed <laughs> <laughs> that I could definitely see this happening to me. I could see this whole scenario, and I could see Sam just walking up to me and just laughing at me and then walking away. <laughs> like knowing you were going to try and hide it from her. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, Andrew is not shy about his love of bugles. Well, I don't think anybody should be shy about loving bugles. Mm-mm. <laughs> um, and the guys have a hot take about something Jen said a while back on the show about no one liking salad. Uh, she insists that people only eat salad because they feel obligated to eat salad or they know it's the right thing to do. But that it, in the heart of hearts, nobody actually wants salad. And Andrew counters this by this craving he gets for this one steak salad that we've talked about before because he's been chasing the dragon on it for a while i think jen's point still stands because i think they're um defining salad differently i mean they seem to uh think that the steak and the nuts and the cheese well not the cheese in andrew's case and all this the accoutrements count as part of the salad and i think jen's point was that the salad is really the lettuce, the greens, and that all that other stuff is what you put on it to make it palatable. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone has a problem with a steak delivery device. Mm-mm. Nope. <laughs> but yeah, I agree with you completely. Uh, it stands. No one, no one wants a salad. Even when your body craves something healthy, like the other night I didn't know what I wanted for dinner, and I remembered we had cut up vegetables in the fridge, and I thought to myself, I really really could use some vegetables that wasn't me thinking vegetables are the most delicious thing i want to eat right now (laughs) that was me thinking i need to live a life of moderation and there are some vegetables in the fridge Um, right if you've programmed yourself so efficiently that you crave vegetables uh, i don't want to be your friend (laughs) you're broken person Uh, Top story, the iPhone 7 is uh, marginally waterproof, apparently. Has no headphone jack and uh, comes with AirPods. AirBuds. AirBuds. (laughs) (laughs) They're going to save the day somehow. (laughs) Right. 
Are you guys iPhone people or Android people or what? I'm iPhone. I am an Android person. Okay, so we've got a good split here. I'm curious about this. Uh, Anne, why are you an Android person? Because I'm very uncomfortable with the cult of Apple. Not to say that they're not excellent products, not to say that they're not beautifully designed, but the way that people get so weird about it just really turns me off. All the waiting in line for multiple days before the latest model is released. And I mean, it's just a phone, guys. It's not that big of a deal. It's and if you love Apple, that's cool. If you think it's a good product and it serves your needs, great. But it's people that get so weirdly fixated on being part of that group that just something about it sits wrong with me. Yeah, I, I understand that. I'm an Apple person, but it's not a it's not an identity point for me. It's not like it doesn't define who I am. I just I've always had Apple products. Like our first computer when I was ten was was a Mac 2SI. And I just learned on Apple's and kind of went from there. And when smartphones first came out, I started with Google and Android. And I really uh, had high hopes and it just didn't work very well for me. Like the GPS was always not working. And I didn't like the way that it, it would sync with my computer. And there were just certain things I had gripes with. And I'm sure those are all fixed and you just get used to a different environment. But right now I'm looking at an iPad and an iPhone and an iMac with my Apple Watch on. So <laughs> I'm fully in the camp. <laughs> and my my new um, iPhone 7 Plus is on order. So I'm there, um, but I'm not waiting in line and I'm not... Uh, uh, it, my identity wouldn't collapse if it weren't for Apple. Meredith, all the way, <laughs> Apple mayhem. I like the integration. Yeah. I like to I like for everything to be in one universe and I like Google, which is why I wanted to start with Android, but I just didn't like the I guess it was a hardware issue for me a lot of the time with them. So, I'm an Apple person. I, I it started with my computer. Uh I grew up in a PC house and the college I the computer I took to college was a Dell desktop. Um my I didn't get a laptop for several years into college. Um but when I started working on my student newspaper, that was a Mac environment and I was surrounded by MacBooks. And then I started doing more design work and the Mac was a little more intuitive with that stuff. And I went to MacBooks and never turned back on the phone side. Uh, in the smartphone revolution, I was a diehard keyboard guy. So I had hell at one point I had um, a Blackberry with a slide out keyboard. Oh, yeah. It's terrible. <laughs> um, and then I was always just chasing phones with keyboards. So I just got whatever I could get with a keyboard. And then finally, I just ran out of options. I think they make someone, Samsung or LG or someone, someone makes one cheap keyboard phone for old people, basically. <laughs> uh, no offense to anyone listening who has one of those phones. But um, they don't make substantial good ones anymore. And I finally broke down to the point where I needed a screen type on glass phone and that's when i jumped to the iphone because at that point it was about integration for me too it's like i already had a macbook um i wanted everything to sync smoothly and mm -hmm. the price point had come to the point where they were all basically the same you know it wasn't like in the olden days where you did wait in line for your iphone and it was crazy expensive and you had to get it from at&t um you know, at that point, they had made their way to Verizon and weren't super expensive. So I'm staring at my iPhone 5S, uh, lusting for a 7. I don't know when they're I, – I haven't pre-ordered yet. It'll probably happen soon. 
Uh, but it's purely a convenience thing for me. I don't think I'm a member of the cult, but I'm very comfortable with them. <laughs> yeah, me too. Um, I'm also maybe the only person on Earth who isn't mad that they got rid of the headphone jack. I'm not mad either. Yeah, I don't get it. Um, I have so many different devices. I mean, I have my Apple earbuds. It'll be sad to not use them anymore for that. Uh, but I use them with my laptop more anyway. Uh, if I'm listening to something on my phone, it's almost always with my Bluetooth earbuds um, or on a Bluetooth speaker. There's more Bluetooth talk later in the week, but I feel like I'll survive. I don't have any Bluetooth earbuds. I have a couple of, um, I have a Bose pair that I really like and they were expensive and they sound great. So I'm a little bummed that, well, there's an adapter so you can use them if you want to. But when I'm puttering around the house, the way that our um, drawer pulls are on our kitchen and bathroom, every time I walk past them, it snags on my headphone cord and pulls them out of my ear. Mm. So yeah. <laughs> I'm going to be happy to not have to deal with that. If I don't tuck it into my shirt, then that happens every time I walk through the house. So I'll be happy to be done with that. Um, that was the primary reason I switched to Bluetooth earbuds, because I would be mowing the lawn or doing some work around the house. And inevitably, uh, I would rip out my earbuds either from my phone or my face mm -hmm. once an hour. Yeah. And I hated the ones that you kind of have to shove in your ear. But I, I gave up because it just works so much better. The one thing I will not be doing is buying a pair of these AirPods because they look cool, but they look like something that will fall out of my ear every five minutes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I probably will get them just because I'm curious and it sounds like they work pretty well, but I'm sure I'll lose them in a week. Yeah. Uh, on to NFL emoji. I really couldn't care less. Even as a Bills fan, I wish the Bills hashtag was hashtag believe, which would make a lot more sense, but whatever uh conversation about the 12s circa 2012 and forward or so bandwagon seahawks fans doesn't that make andrew a 12 well andrew would argue that he's a fan for uh virtuous reasons and that his timing is purely because of when he moved to seattle not because of the recent stunning success of an otherwise frustrating football team mm -hmm, i'm sure i was, I was kind of glad for this conversation I, I tend to tune out during football talk but i i've heard about this 12 stuff but i didn't know what it was about i had no idea i thought there was like a player on the team who was number 12 that everybody liked a lot um so this was kind of kind of new knowledge for me and i was i was thinking the whole time yeah how stupid is it to refer to yourself as a number <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Um, yeah, they uh, they retired the number 12 for the fans in Seattle. Wow. Uh, which, on top of the fact that, yeah, I get the whole 12th man thing as a phrase. It's like the 19th hole in golf or whatever. But uh, 12 is also a super popular quarterback number. Mm. <laughs> so they really knocked a good number out of circulation. I always think about this with baseball teams and football teams. They're going to keep taking numbers out of regulation or out of circulation, rather, and eventually they're just not going to have any good numbers left. Yeah, everyone's going to have to be in the 80s and 90s. Right. Uh, Drew McFrizz, our dear co-host, Mike Frizzell, got a couple of shout outs uh, in the middle of football bro talk, which makes sense. Mm -hmm. uh, and Andrew says that he actually owns a Browns jersey, which I didn't know until right now. And it's a Bernie Kosar jersey. It's a throwback browns jersey um and for you texas contingent of the show he also was the backup quarterback to the 93 super bowl cowboys and i only know that because that's 
uh, one of the years they beat the Bills <laughs> in the Super Bowl. But Bernie Kosar was the sort of Frank Reich to to the uh, Cowboys, backing up Troy Aikman when he was hurt. Um, this whole it, thing about the the tears of fandom just sort of boggles my mind. I mean, he has a Bernie Kosar jersey, and that's okay. But if he had like a, a current player journey, jersey, that would be less cool or he would be not as good of a fan or the idea of the 12s being Johnny come lately fans who cares I don't think there's any moral a superiority to be achieved by saying I've been a fan longer uh I think fans who are longtime fans like the fact that they're longtime fans <laughs> and it's one of these things where they love to tell you that they were fans when it was hard to be a fan Mm-hmm. You know, God forbid the Bills ever win a Super Bowl, and then we get a bunch of bandwagon fans, and I'm going to be the guy saying, I was a Bills fan after the 90s, after Jim Kelly, through all those terrible, terrible seasons, uh, you know, because our loyalty should be respected and rewarded. Right. Um, thankfully, it's, well, I won't say thankfully, but it's probably not going to happen for the Bills anytime soon. <laughs> so I think they're on an upswing. I don't think they're a Super Bowl winning team this year. Well, when um, I think about things that are hard, I can think about a few things that would rank higher up my list than being a fan of a bad sports team. So everybody just <laughs> calm down. <laughs> um, I did want to make a point about jerseys with names on them. And in fact, uh, listeners of The Gist with Mike Pesca, the show that I always threaten that we're going to recap instead of TBTL. Uh, one of these weeks, uh, Mike actually made a point on his show this week about not owning a jersey of anyone younger than him because he feels like when you wear a jersey with somebody's name on it, it's because you're supposed to be looking up to them and it's weird to look up to someone younger than you. Is it? Yeah, like uh, like uh, you shouldn't idolize someone younger than you. It's an interesting point. I don't buy jerseys with names on them, generally speaking. Uh, and a, the only jersey I have with a name on it is actually a Thurman Thomas Bills jersey that was a gift to me from erstwhile 10 Matt Baca. Uh, for, I don't know why he had it, but he didn't want it, and he sent it to me. Um, and uh, that's cool because he was a legend. But like I bought a Will Middlebrooks Red Sox t-shirt for 15 bucks a couple of years ago and then he shit the bed and now I just have this t-shirt for a crappy player mm. you know what plays people, for another team now what people should do instead is get the jerseys with their own names on the back I've seen that <laughs> then you can just look up to yourself yeah God, I hate this so much you know my jersey story when I was little I didn't know that you could just buy these things with other with the player's name on them probably because we were not my mom was never in a million years going to buy us a 70 dollar shirt um so i started playing hockey when i was probably eight or nine and i was on a league with a bunch of boys i was the only girl and one guy had an eiserman jersey and i thought that he was like eiserman's nephew or something i was like how did you get that that's amazing and i asked him about it and he's like i just got it at the store and I'm like such an idiot. I have so many questions. When did you start playing hockey? Um, I don't know, eight or nine, I think. It's just, and I'd always skate. Like we had a cottage. My dad has a cottage up up north, and uh, that's Michigan talk for north of wherever you live. And there was a little lake, and he used to um, shovel the snow off of it and make little skating rinks for us. So I've always skated. And my brother was a hockey player, and so I thought it was cool, and so I wanted to join a little you know, city league. Sure. 
I'm I'm sad now that we're never going to get hockey talk on TVTL. It's just not going to happen. <laughs> no. And, I've realized that it's not such a big deal uh, anywhere south. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've been to a Stars game here, a couple Stars games, and they were dead. I was going to say, you could probably hear your cheers echo yeah. through. Yeah. Uh, fucking Stars uh, stole a Stanley Cup from the Sabres. Um, and where do you land on hockey? Because you grew up in another land of lakes and they freeze. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Speaking of stars, before they were the Dallas Stars, they were the Minnesota North Stars. Yeah. That... And now you have one of the dumbest team names in existence with the Minnesota Wild. Yeah. Well, <laughs> it's no dumber than Isn't any that dumber of the other than names. Mighty Ducks. Well, yeah. You, you can't be a wild. You can be a star. <laughs> you can be a saber. You could be a devil. You could, you know, but you can't be a wild. Yeah, but to Mike's point, you can't be a jazz. That's true. That is the NBA equivalent of a terrible team name and even less appropriate being in Utah. <laughs> well, I, I've never been into hockey. It's My family is just not really a sports-oriented uh, family, and the fact that I really like baseball is an aberration. But you can't live in Minnesota and not have some knowledge of it. Uh, I hear it's really fun to watch in person, but when I try to watch it on TV, it's just a little teeny-weeny black dot going around with a bunch of dudes and a whole bunch of padding running around so i can't yeah. really get into that i like the the idea of collegiate things and um the university of minnesota women's team is really good so that's exciting yeah uh fox tried to help you about a decade ago with a glowing blue puck mm -hmm. and it was a disaster so sorry yeah. My mom is such a huge Red Wings fan, and then she just became a big hockey fan in general, so much so that she doesn't like to talk on the phone anyway. But if I call her during a hockey game, I could say anything to her, anything, and she would just go, uh-huh, uh-huh. Like, hey, mom, I'm pregnant. Uh-huh. 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 Like, just so tuned out. Hey, to anything but the hockey. The Joe is a great place to see a game. I mean, it's a shit box of a uh, yeah of an arena, <laughs> but it's a quite an energy. I've, I've seen a game yep. there. Yep. Uh, back to TBTL. RP stands for Received Pronunciation. This is a carryover from the call sheets for uh, Game of Thrones casting and the guys not knowing RP for the British dialect. I didn't know it. This is a good lesson. I didn't either. I looked it up. Yeah. Uh, saying RP it. is me. So I never thought anything else. Um, <laughs> you must speak like Bobby Pape yes. to be on Game of Thrones. Uh, you must stumble and then have to go back and clean up your own podcast. <laughs> uh, actually, I also worked with a guy named RP back in my college days. He was the staff administrator of our student government. And um, it stood for resident Polak or a meaner word, depending on who was listening. Ooh. Yeah. And he thought it was the funniest thing. So that's all I can see when I see it. I, I can't think anything appropriate, but receive <laughs> pronunciation. Uh, we get an email, uh, a dream, a dream catcher dream from Emily, who went for ice cream with her mom and Snoop. <laughs> <laughs> I want to know what flavor Snoop gets. Yeah, that's a good question. I assume just all of them because he's probably yeah. really <laughs> hungry. Hungry. Uh, buildings should be shaped like what they sell. Should they? Okay. <laughs> All buildings should be shaped like what they sell. Uh, and and just for you, more fake trumpets. <sighs> it's my favorite. <laughs> I think we're finally done with Tuesday. Uh, Wednesday. Right. Wednesday. 
Thursday, 2203, Spare the Curtain Rod, Spoil the Child. We start right off the bat with more sausage talk. Um, Andrew had heated up his dukes on his laptop inadvertently, <laughs> so then he ends up with some hot dukes. Oh. <laughs> and they mentioned it later in the episode, but immediately I thought, he's still at Andrew's house? I doubt he went back for a second day. So they are recording this on Wednesday. Um Luke starts talking about how he's going to do a Twitter takeover of KUOW. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought, oh, who made this decision? <laughs> I know. It seems so random. Yeah. And I mean, it's, it's, it's an interesting way to cross-promote a show. Um, but usually you would choose somebody who is like, I don't know, good at Twitter. <laughs> well, so. he has deceived them by pruning his Twitter feed so much that he looks like he's good at oh, Twitter. Oh, <laughs> look at that. Yeah, that's true. So my first thought was, oh, is he going to be pruning KUOW's Twitter feed, (laughs) removing all their replies? (laughs) And so he's talking about, he's trying to think about what he should tweet, because it's actually Wednesday, he hasn't done it yet. And his first thought is, let's let's just tweet some of my old tweets. Um, I went through, I was listening to this, I think, after this had happened. So I went through and looked, and KUOW tweets a lot. They have like, I don't know, 50 tweets a day. And on that time period where he was taking over there were probably 10 um and he did like a picture of rudy and olive mm-hmm. um he tweeted like i don't know a picture of him watching football in his hotel room he tweeted the wrong paul f Tompkins twitter handle <laughs> so it was a <laughs> he hit it out of the park <laughs> uh Yes, here, today's hashtag KUOW record has a serious star power. Podcaster Luke Burbank is a guest. Oh, and also some guy named Kareem Abdul something. Something? Yeah. (laughs) So classic Luke, right? Uh, He did retweet uh, a wait, wait tweet as well. (laughs) Uh Uh-huh. And a Ken Jen joke, so. The Ken Jen joke was good. Yeah. (laughs) well at least he didn't uh, use andrew's old tweets like he threatened or dick pics yes no dick pics (laughs) what is this kiddie pool what is this man doing with this fresca um luke saw a corona display with a life-size bobblehead of john gruden i didn't know who that was so i had to go look it up um, he should have been holding a beer, but he's got a sign that says do not touch. And then another one that says sold. <laughs> well, that's going in someone's man cave. Yep. Yes, <laughs> definitely. Yeah. So that led to a, to a discussion about Rambo cutouts at Blockbuster and we learned they're making a new Rambo. <laughs> I've never seen a single Rambo. So I t- tuned out quite a bit during this whole discussion. No, I haven't seen Rambo either, but it started me thinking one of those, um, series of thoughts about all the movies that I haven't seen that I should have seen. Bobby, you can pay attention to this. Um, <laughs> and I think yeah. I just, I decided I'm going to do one of those. Um, I go and watch all 50 top movies. I haven't decided which list I'm going to go from, but I think if I do one a week, that seems like a good project. Hopefully Rambo You have all this free on time it. on your hands. Yeah. This is what you retired for. Exactly. You're not going to build a boat. You're just going to watch AFI's 100 Greatest Classic Movies or something. 
There's a, at I, least a couple of Stallone movies on there if you get uh, Rambo and Rocky. <laughs> oh, right. Yeah, we need that list. I'm starting a list of things that I need to watch slash read because I'm going to have some downtime in November. I'm having jaw surgery. So I think I'll be at home not working for at least a week. And uh, so I've got some TV shows. And so I think I'll start with the movie list, too, because I'll have a lot of time to kill. Yeah. Yeah. Who schedules their jaw surgery for the week before Thanksgiving? <sighs> that was what I... This this is a this is a clever way to get out of going to Michigan for Thanksgiving. Oh, <laughs> genius strategy! <laughs> you chose semi-elective surgery over your family. <laughs> yes, there are some other factors. October is going to be a busy month for my husband. He's got to take some licensing exams for work, so he won't be able to wait on me hand and foot in October. So. And also have a trip to New York in beginning of November, and I didn't want to do it that weekend. So I look forward to seeing how Duff puts those really great 30-day age steaks in a blender for you. <laughs> I told him he could put Thanksgiving in a blender for me. Uh, Christy would argue that Thanksgiving food's already all mush, so you should be able to eat it just fine. Yeah. Yeah. I think I'll be all right. Um, somehow, the, I think some of this was supposed to be an intelligence for your life segment. Um, because we move on to a discussion about life hacking the grocery store. Um, <laughs> it's not life hacking. <laughs> Nothing is life hacking. No, this is strategy. Um, choose a person with a full cart to trim the fat in the pre post checkout co conversation and payment. I thought that was a pretty good tip. Um, go left for faster service. So I don't know what that means. Left left side of the, the the line of cashiers? I can't think of enough grocery stores where you approach... It's not like the TSA where you're sort of walking and suddenly there's a fork to three or four different options. I feel like in most grocery stores, I'm sort of approaching them from one side or... I don't know. I usually just try to stay away from the ones right near the exit because I feel like people walk to the end of the line and they just sort of are there. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. But uh, I guess just looking at the line seems easier than going left or right. It, it seems too general. You know, grocery stores aren't all laid out exactly the same way. So that one right. didn't land with me very much. I tend to avoid, uh, if I'm in a hurry, I will avoid the cashier and training line. Sure. Mm -hmm. so that often takes forever. Mm -hmm. And they they have an expert who thinks that women cashiers are faster than men. And I don't know if that's true. I'll have to pay attention. I, I think there's an age component too. That makes this a little bit more difficult because if you get somebody young who's in their teens or their early 20s, and that could be men or women, they're usually pretty quick once they get out of the training stage, as you mm -hmm. said. But I don't know that um, older lady cashiers are very fast. I tend to avoid those lines. And they also tend to be the chattier ones. Would it be safe to say that they probably give less fucks than the teenagers who could be fired at any moment. I would say so. <laughs> and I was thinking I have almost never uh, experienced older male cashiers. It's almost always women. Huh? Yeah. Yeah. I think you're right. Um, there are a lot of stock jobs and stuff like that. And I wonder if older guys have daytime availability because I feel like at night, all the people at the grocery store are kids mm -hmm. and by kids, right. because I'm an old man, <laughs> I'm saying, you know, people in their teen, late teens, mid-teens, early 20s, high school, after work kind of jobs, college jobs. Mm -hmm. um, 
Yeah, I don't know what happens with those old guys. Um, grocery store employment is actually a long, proud legacy of Sam's family. Uh, her mom worked in Stop and Shop corporate for decades, and her father worked stocking actually at a couple of different grocery stores until he retired. It was like his lifelong job, but yeah, he didn't cashier. He was always working like unloading or putting stuff on the shelves or inventorying stuff, those kinds of things, more manual labor type stuff. Um, Both their brothers did their time too. the entire family. Sam worked in corporate at stop and shop as well. Um, I bought, I married into a real grocery family. (laughs) (laughs) I could dig that stock, that stocking job. I mean, if you got to put in your headphones and just go mm-hmm. yep. and line things up on the shelf, I could do that. I've said it before. My favorite job that I ever had was as a prep cook in like a sandwich shop place. I would show up at like eight in the morning, seven thirty eight. I would literally just have a list handed to me of all the shit that had to be made that day. Oh, coleslaw, egg salad, chicken salad, whatever, sliced meat, sliced bread. And I would just put my headphones on, work through my list, and everyone left me completely alone. And as long as it was done by 11, nobody cared. Yep. I was a prep cook for a couple of years. I started as a dishwasher, then I moved up to prep cook. And then I would argue I was demoted to line cook because prep cook is definitely the best (laughs) job there. You have to get there early. I was at a breakfast restaurant, so you had to get there early, earlier than everybody else. But you just had your list and you were done when you were done, which was awesome. Yeah, I was at dishwasher one summer overnights on weekends at a diner, paid cash under the table. And the only problem with that job is that the person who taught me the job didn't speak English. And so, (laughs) I mean, it's not rocket science. So I I figured it out. Um, But uh, there's just there's nothing quite like just uh, zoning out and making 50 pounds of potato, uh, boiling 50 pounds of potatoes at a time for uh, for home fries. Yes. I got so good at cracking eggs with one hand, I can do two at once now. (laughs) Back to the grocery store. Chip cards are confusing. We go on this rant again. Oh, for God's sake. (laughs) You know, it says on the screen, it'll say slide card or it'll say insert card or it'll say insert or slide card. That's really all the direction one needs, right? Places here are catching up too. if if the inserts not activated there or whatever now there's almost always like a plastic card mm-hmm. sticking yeah. out of it saying please slide mm-hmm. like you literally can't stick it in so it's a learning curve but we're getting there fast it's only been a few months yeah i haven't had that oh i slide oh it's supposed to be a chip oh i haven't done that in a few months mm-hmm. now yeah. and i still I'm, I'm definitely still using apple pay it's way quicker than sliding and definitely quicker than the chip um, so if I have the option to use Apple Pay, I will use it. I can do it with my watch. I can do it with my phone. It's not too hard to select which card is your primary card. You just have to look in your settings for about 30 seconds. Um, so I don't I don't accept his griping about Apple Pay. Meredith, are you wearing a black turtleneck right now? <laughs> cult. Cult. <laughs> yep. Uh, I also put my boarding passes on it. Oh. It's pretty great. Well then. I know. Um, Luke says that he steals from the self-checkout when it doesn't work. And apparently so does everybody else. And I'd never in a million years heard of this. I don't, no one's ever said to me that they did this. I've never done it. No. It's social justice. Oh my God. If I make an honest effort and it doesn't work, then I'm going to steal it. What kind of justification is this? I don't know. You call the person over and they fix it. Yeah. This bag of Duke sausages won't scan. (laughs) 
at the ones here in Dallas, like at the Lowe's and the Home Depot and one of the, the family fairs, they have cameras on you the whole time. I'm sure they all have cameras on you the whole time. It's just, you know, with somebody watching as you throw a four dollar bag of jerky onto the belt without scanning it and then is conscious of all of that. Yeah. Yeah. Um it's the future. We'll get it worked out. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, back to the quicker women cashiers being quicker. They wonder if stereotypes okay if it's a compliment, and I would just like to say no. <laughs> <laughs> I like I like your notes on that, guys. <laughs> <laughs> just says no. no. <laughs> it's not okay. <laughs> it's not okay to say all Asians are good at math. <laughs> well, you got to think about the inverse. So, if you want to insult someone under that logic, you just say the inverse. So, it would not be. Uh, rude to say that everyone's good at driving except Asians. Right. 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 <laughs> uh, we get an email from Dan about, it's kind of a Luke check-in email. He wants to know if that neighbor next door still has a strobe light in his room. Uh, turns out he does not. He was a little kid and it was his nightlight. It sounds like a terrible nightlight. <laughs> uh, that he wants to know the weed situation in Washington. Um, and we get an interesting story uh about well no we don't get the story we learn that andrew has an edible story yeah that he doesn't want to tell us well it, i think part of it was because it was the end of the episode and they really needed to get out of there but it was a lot of tease from him mm -hmm. to say that yeah. he has an edible. he's been so shy about talking about weed on tbtl a couple of times he's slipped here and there um how do i put this delicately Let's not be shocked if Andrew Walsh enjoys perfectly legal marijuana from time to time. What? Yeah, it's not a scandalous thing anymore. <laughs> and even before it wasn't a scandalous thing. Right. Um, but uh, yeah, he, yeah, he left us with quite a cliffhanger there. Andrew has an edible story. We may have to get him in a looser environment, maybe a, like a Phyllis episode or something. Mm. Uh, maybe we can ask our friend Phyllis Fletcher to... Uh, Get the hard-hitting facts. Yes. Phyllis, you're our I-team. Yeah. You need to go out in your red blazer <laughs> <laughs> and speak truth to power on this Andrew Edible story. Yeah. I would like to know. Luke said he didn't become a raging reefer person when it became legal, and I thought, well, I did. <laughs> 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 and if I lived there, I would totally have been. <laughs> Just standing with your feet up against that little fence forever. Tiny little fence. Couldn't move. Just standing outside on the sidewalk forever in Seattle. And then finally, Dan wants to know if he should move to Seattle. Uh, it's a little different than it was in the 90s. And they kind of pontificate on how Seattle is changing. Every city changes, you know, especially when something as big as tech comes and takes over. Um, it's bound to happen, I suppose. It's better than it deteriorating. As somebody who used to live in Detroit, yeah. I say it's That's better than the opposite. Go Rust Belt. Yeah. Uh, he, yeah. If you can afford to live in Seattle, it's a great place to live. I think that yeah. was the moral of the story, right? Yeah, and if you don't have to drive. And, and I also found the traffic there pretty terrible, but it wasn't because it was busy or fast. It was because everybody was slow and following the rules way too much. Mm -hmm. There didn't need to be a traffic problem. They just need to be a little more aggressive. All right. Driving in Boston traffic as often as I do, Seattle seems perfectly fine to me. Yeah, <laughs> I still me too. wouldn't want to have a car there, but um, uh, or at least not a car I have to take into the city. There, it's I think it's a place where you need a car because of the suburbs. But 
uh, you know, Seattle, you're living in your own kind of hell, but there's much worse out there as far as traffic goes. Yeah. We did a lot of walking and we used the light rail and the weather is such that it was perfectly comfortable to do so. Yeah. Friday, September 9th, uh, number 2204, turn in your wings and your mustache. So Luke is in (laughs) Chicago. Post, wait, wait, don't tell me. Uh, The first thing they talk about is that Andrew has been uh, deluged by telemarketing calls recently. And Luke says he gets two every day because he keeps losing his debit card. And so his (laughs) bills aren't getting paid. I'm shocked. (laughs) Yes. He says, uh, quote, I don't get calls from telemarketers so much as people I legitimately owe money to. (laughs) (laughs) This is still happening. Oh, God. I get constant uh, spam calls on my cell phone, which you're not supposed to be able to get, right? right? They're not supposed to be able to call your cell phone, but I get these, for a while it was twice a day until I started blocking them, but they're from quote-unquote Microsoft, and they say Mm -hmm. I have a quote-unquote virus on my quote-unquote computer, and sometimes I'll just hang up on them, and sometimes I'll say, oh, really, which computer? Is it my Mac or my PC or my laptop or my other Mac or my Mac laptop? And they say, you're... PC. Oh, really? Which one? You know, and what virus is it? And, and they, they, it's really fun to watch them squirm. If you, if you string them along like that, they eventually will hang up on me or swear at me. Mm-hmm. I had a guy on that scam once tell me that they were going to start calling me 30 times a day. Like he got, one of so- them got really profane with me. He said something really like sexually explicit. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, it was really strange. Hmm. <sighs> I get a call right about the same time every day, like in the morning, right around 10 o'clock. Can I just ignore it? You know, you see that it's coming from Tennessee or wherever. And I'm just like, nope. I've started to block them profusely and it's slowed down. Yeah. You start to lose all those numbers that they call from. Mm -hmm. Um, I get a few that I save their numbers as as names in my phone. (laughs) So I know which one it is. Um, and I will say there was a time when, uh, my student loan servicer and I were not on the best terms. <laughs> and so when they call, it just comes up as BA in English so that I can remember <laughs> <laughs> why I'm still paying for that. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, that sucks. Uh, I thought the do not call list was supposed to take care of all of this. They just, they move faster than the list. So by the time you get them banned, they're on to a new gig and a new phone number. And, you know, Uh, my work phone also rings my cell phone. And that number gets spammed constantly because it's everywhere. It's on our website. It's, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, it's in press releases. And so like, just from a data mining perspective, it's just, we're fucked. Oh, yeah. Uh, but once in a while, I get weird phone calls from other places, and I have to answer them when they're that, because who knows what it is. Um, we're Boston Musica Viva. That's my day job. That's the ensemble that I manage. And the initials are BMV. And I get calls for people trying to reach the Department of Motor Vehicles at least uh, once a week. Oh, wow. And it's, what? it's always somebody who was old and or slow enough to not get it when they Mm -hmm. dialed or looked it up and so people are just so baffled that i am not the department of motor vehicles in their county wherever (laughs) they are and do they ask you to connect them they 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 ask for 
a department. They say, oh, I'm calling about my inspection or license or something. And, and they just don't get it that we're not what they're looking for. Mm-hmm. And I guess there must be at least some states where it's called the Bureau of Motor Vehicles. And so it really is BMV. Because mm-hmm. I've gotten a couple of offers to buy our domain name, too, because we're <laughs> BMV.org. Ah. But then they never call back. One of them was like, we'll give you like $25,000 for it. And I was like, sold. We'll be BMVmusic.com. I don't care. <laughs> <laughs> and then they never call back. But yeah. Um, so I get spammers and old people, basically. I do occasionally get calls at the University of Minnesota when they're looking for some other department or entity and they want me to connect them like i know the central switchboard or something and i try to explain that we have twenty thousand employees i don't even know what department they're talking about much less who they should be talking to and so i can't connect them and people get mad mm-hmm. yeah oh yeah that's just nancy down the hall hang on a second i'll go get her <laughs> right and then there's just a picture of you sitting on a stool, pulling the plug out from one spot and shoving it into another <laughs> spot. Smoking a cigarette. <laughs> yep. Oh, so continuing on, uh, as I said, Luke was on Wait Wait last night with Faith Saley and Adam Felber, two of his preferred people, I guess. He met some tens, Tim and Hannah, before the show, which he says he liked because it gave him street cred with the wait, wait people. Like, look, guys, this really is a thing that I do. I have fans. <laughs> oh, my God. It's daytime Emmy Award winner Luke Burbank. <laughs> and he met Jojo, who has been on this show. Hey, Jojo, who brought him a Japanese candy, a Kit Kats or Kit's Cat, that are matcha flavored. And I, how the hell do they not know what matcha is? I don't Especially know. living on the West Coast with such an Asian influence. I mean, I'm in Minnesota and I know what it is. Yeah. It's green soup on the package. <laughs> <laughs> green frothy soup. Yep. Mm. And Jojo also brings him some alcohol. And Luke thought that the uh, Kit Kats would be weird. And so he did not intend to eat them. Also, they're not a part of the low carb grind. And he insulted Andrew by saying that he was going to save them and bring them to Andrew because he'll eat anything. <laughs> the human <laughs> garbage disposal. Yeah. <laughs> uh, quote, Andrew will feel special. <laughs> but then he had an alcohol fueled binge and uh, polished off an alarming proportion of the kid's cat, so much so that he can't even bear to look into the bag and count up the damage. <laughs> I have been there. <laughs> Jojo really saved the day and doesn't even realize it, because if he had not given these to Luke, you know how much money you would spend in one of those little rooms next to the check-in desk at a hotel in that mm-hmm. moment? <laughs> yes. I mean, that would be a jam, or at least part of a jam. Yeah. And uh, Luke makes the joke that in old England, they always know who the king was because he had a really big candy bar, which wasn't that funny until Andrew got lost. (laughs) Couldn't figure out what the joke was about. He also zones out during the show. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Before we move on, can I just say something about Jojo? Sure. Mm -hmm. I'm heartbroken. So JoJo's plan was to go to Chicago, and then he was coming to the Boston area for, I believe, a wedding. 
And uh, tomorrow, Monday, today, for those of you listening to this today, um, we were supposed to go to a Red Sox game with some other Bostons, and he had to cut his trip short because uh, I believe he dislocated his shoulder. I might be oh. that might be a HIPAA violation. So everyone just <laughs> pretend I didn't say that. But he he needs to go back for medical attention and oh, uh, just pop it back in and pain. I think there's a certain amount of pain involved. Aww. And I, I feel bad for him, and I also feel yeah. bad for me, because I don't get to hang out with JoJo. I've been so excited for months for this. Uh, also, I'm sure that JoJo's very generous, uh, but I wonder if Luke wasn't meant to originally receive all of those kits, Cat, because mm. I wonder if some of them were supposed to be carrying on to Boston. Mm. So I feel like I may have been shorted some kits, Cat. Mm. Well, Just I saying. think there's only one uh, thing to do because of this, is that you have to go to Tokyo. <laughs> do we have enough jam money to get me to Tokyo? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe one way. <laughs> then you're on your own. <laughs> All right. Well, I'll work on that. Okay. Uh, or I could just, I mean, I'll miss JoJo, but I could probably just go to any Asian grocery store. Or Amazon. Or Amazon. And get <laughs> some... Uh, some green soup kids cat. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> so Luke is nervous and unprepared for the live wire season opener. He talks about the stress that he has because of that. Uh, he doesn't have his monologue finished. He doesn't quite have all the introductions for all the guests finished. And uh, only the feeling that he gets afterward uh, makes it all worthwhile for him. He said the feeling after the show is over is so much better than all the stress and the worry was bad, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. And then Luke and Andrew spend a lot of time worrying about logistics and how Andrew is going to watch the Browns game at home and then join Luke at Camaro Kev's on Sunday to watch the Seahawks game. Which, I, guys, it's not that big of a deal. I mean, says the woman who doesn't care about f football. But if the Browns are losing badly, he thinks he'll just leave and miss the end of the game. But if they're competitive, he just has no idea what he should do. Well, they don't make it easy to watch every NFL game, do they? Mm -mm. Like, I know my husband, I don't care, but my husband has gone through extreme machinations and eventually found a friend who has direct TV and was willing to give him his, their login. So now he can watch, I don't know. I don't know. He can watch more football. Great. <laughs> this is good. This means I should be watching HBO on Sundays when I know you're not using your HBO login. <laughs> right. <laughs> it is tough. Uh, and for out of market games, you know, as a Bills fan, if I want to watch a Bills game, I have to go to a bar that's willing to put it on or I have to get Sunday ticket. I have to get direct TV, which I have zero interest in doing. Yeah. Or I have to get the NFL app and yeah, pay that monthly subscription fee or whatever. I mean, if he cares that much, he probably should just get the app and then have it on every screen anywhere near him. Um, mm -hmm. But honestly, just you don't have to watch every snap. And I say that as a football fan, like if anything even remotely interesting happens, it'll be on Deadspin in 10 minutes. Like you're going to get to see it over and over again if anything good happens. All right. So, you know, you roll with it. Also, I actually like listening to football on the radio. So maybe there's an option for that. Maybe he can just find the audio somewhere. And I know it's a really visual thing, but I don't know. I know what football looks like. I can kind of figure it out. I used to listen to hockey on the radio. 
Yeah. That was enjoyable. Following that little puck even harder. <laughs> it's a theater of the mind. <laughs> exactly. Uh, just as a mention to uh, go along with Meredith's problem, listener Heidi tweeted at them that she's had the Alanis thank you song in her head all week. <laughs> and thanks for that. And they go into top stories, which Luke says that he should have accepted Andrew's offer of Splenda packets. When I thought, how is this a top story? Apparently, it's Splenda. Well, we know how important Splenda is to Luke. Yeah, but he, yeah. he didn't. He was like, ah, I still got one and I can pick some up elsewhere. And now he is in a Splenda deficit. And uh, Andrew says that Luke and Genevieve are practically the same person, which I think is problematic a little bit. <laughs> And untrue <laughs> to me <laughs> uh, in that they like to have things the way they like them when it comes to coffee, Splenda and travel. And that takes them into airplane seat strategy, uh, a standby topic these days on the show. And Luke brings up how he can never stop trying to get a better seat, um, which we knew. And Andrew uh, <laughs> says that uh, the last time maybe they flew Oh yeah, when they were going down to the wedding in uh, L.A., he they got the fifteen dollar upgrade to an exit row, and that turned out to get them free Bloody Marys. And he thinks that that was a great deal. And they bring up the irony of giving free drinks to people sitting in the exit row. <laughs> I did this on my first flight on Virgin America. We were flying to San Francisco. And we weren't in first class, but we were in economy comfort or whatever it was. It wasn't an exit row. It was just the first row of coach. And you have a little screen in front of you. And I thought, oh, I'll get a little glass of champagne. This will be fun. And it was $0. And I was like, oh, cool. I didn't know we were getting free drinks, but it was $0. And they brought me a glass of champagne. And then I drank it. And I was like, I wonder if it was just one drink was free. <laughs> And then so I looked it up and it was, again, zero dollars. And I was like, oh, cool. So I hit the button and then I just kept hitting the button. <laughs> and when we got to San Francisco, I was so drunk. <laughs> they eventually just brought the bottle because they were tired of coming out. Oh, my God, Meredith. I know. So what you're saying is you got bottle service. Yes. On a flight. Yep. We can't let a Skyjinx conversation go by without me having my input about seating on an airplane. Right. Luke loves the front row of coach for the leg room. I get it. Um, but uh, I think you can actually do pretty well without that. My go-to now on larger jets, and pretty much all of the 737s and up have some variation of this, the exit rows are not usually one row. They're usually two rows, sometimes even more. And the trick for me is to get in the second exit row. I prefer an aisle seat, but the same trick would work for a window seat. And the reason there is you're in a real sweet spot. I don't recline my seat, but those seats do recline if you want to. However, the seats in front of you can't recline because it's an exit row. Right. And so you get leg room because it's an exit row, but you also get a complete avoidance of the triangle of death, which we've recently discussed on this show. Uh -huh. uh, and, uh, and it, more importantly, just disrupting your space, you know, you're sort of set up and then an hour into a four hour flight, the guy in front of you decides now is the time I'm going to recline my seat and just fucks everything up. Cannot happen in an exit row in front of you. So, uh, 
if that works in the first exit row too, but your seat also doesn't recline at that point, if that doesn't matter to you, then that's fine. Mm -hmm. But I find that second exit row has a ton of leg room and you sort of have preservation of your space. Like no one can mess with you. And you still have to pay the elevated price for the second row. Um, yes. Okay. Yes. Uh, it, but it depends on the airline. Uh, my last flying experience actually coming back from Texas was on United. And because I have an ancient United uh, Miles account, whatever they call it, I was able to pick those seats with no upgrade fee, uh, and it just gave them to me. Hmm. And I think that's like a join our club and you have access to better seats immediately. And those better seats are like six seats on every flight, and it's those, you know, 12 seats, hmm. whatever. They don't, they're not the uh, first class and they're not the halfway to first class extra legroom seats. But those exit row seats have more legroom than most of the economy plus seats now on southwest which is what i usually fly there the most coveted seat at least for tall people is in an exit row and there's one i think there might be just be one in the plane i don't know if there's one on both sides but it doesn't literally has no seat in front yep. of it yeah so you have i don't know four feet of legroom right in front of you <laughs> there's um there's a thing on seat guru is a website where you can look up the seat map for your plane uh, and the different configurations that your airline has. And there are some jets where they have this weird configuration where because of the shape of the exit door, I guess, I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, the, there'll be two rows of exit row and the first row will only have two seats in it or one seat in it. Mm -hmm. And then there'll be three, two or three in the next row and you can kick your legs forward in the gap between the seat and the wall of the plane yes i actually feel like that's a little awkward because your feet are like next to someone but i'm also yeah. five nine and it's a it's a tube full of farts so i guess at that point <laughs> <laughs> if somebody doesn't have their socked foot inside of my purse i'm happy so <laughs> uh it's just a duke sausage in the sky <laughs> Luke's last tip in this is that you should always upgrade to first class if you can do it for less than a hundred bucks, which I think is really reasonable. I've only ever flown first class one time and it was, I think, $127 to upgrade. And boy, that was really, really awesome. If yep. I flew more, I'd probably have more opportunities to do that. Mm -hmm. uh, staying in uh, Skyjinx territory and moving on to the real top story, the... Uh, New movie starring Tom Hanks about uh, Sully Sullenberger and the miracle on the Hudson is coming out this weekend. And um, Luke doesn't appreciate that they added fake dramatic tension to the story by adding this uh, subplot or actual whole plot, I guess, that there were questions by the NTSB about whether Sully's action was appropriate. And one of the NTSB investigators said he doesn't appreciate being characterized this way, which I can totally understand. But uh, the guys think that uh, if you're making a movie based on real events, you should stick to the real events and not add anything for uh, movie-fying it up. Yeah, I get the moratorium on time. Uh, because similarly, I keep seeing commercials for the new Snowden movie that's coming out. Mm -hmm. I feel like that story is not even over yet. <laughs> like, who knows right. what's going to happen with Snowden in the next 10 years? I mean, he could 
he could try to come back to the U.S. and get arrested, or Barack Obama could pardon him on his last day in office, or, you know, any number of things could happen with that. Like, the ending hasn't even happened in real life yet with Snowden. Mm-hmm. And they're already making the movie. And how on earth are they going to add the dramatic tension to that one? They really will have to add some uh, some fake stuff to it. Based on the previews I've seen, it just looks like his girlfriend is pissed. <laughs> that's like, half the scenes are like him fighting with I, I think it's his girlfriend being like no this is important I have to go yeah like a rough well, and tumble hero not just the computer nerd that he was so I started thinking about specifically Luke's uh, likes and dislikes and his media consumption and he is really about reality. You know, he's always loved documentaries and he reads a lot of nonfiction and even the trashy TV that he watches is reality based. So your house hunters and forensics files. And so I can understand why it would bother him that filmmakers inserted fiction into something that is based on a true story. Um, but I would say it's not a documentary and movies have added extra material uh, like this since time immemorial. So um, if you really need to have the realism, I think he's going to have to stick to documentaries. And I don't care about um, realism at all. I like escapism. I just like to get out of my life and be someone else for a while. So (laughs) Mm -hmm. they can add all the fiction that they want. I see his concern for the blurred line, though. Uh, mm-hmm. Just just with the recent history stuff, because I worry uh, that people will see Snowden or see the Sully movie. And then 10 years from now, they're going to remember, oh, I remember when that happened. The NTSB was all up in his ass after that because he could have gotten back to the airport, they thought. Or, True. Or, and they're just the, the, the facts and the story are going to get real blurry. It's not like Titanic. Where we remember that the history story is the story of this couple and how he totally could have fit on that headboard. (laughs) (laughs) Like, there's enough removed that we we get it, you know? It's just fictional Mm -hmm. enough and just long long ago enough. I mean, the, the other thing about this Sully movie is it entirely hinges on something that happened in a matter of minutes. Mm -hmm. So, like, of course they had to come up with something to fill out the movie because... They'd have to slow down time if the entire movie was uh, uh, engines out, land the plane, get everyone off the plane. Right. And that was a pretty fast thing. Yes. And, and also uh, complicating this discussion is the fact that Andrew hates Clint Eastwood. Yeah, I think that's mostly why he doesn't want to see this movie yeah. or mostly why he's angry about it. He hates him as a person and he thinks his movies are overrated. I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of Clint Eastwood made movies but i liked million dollar baby i thought that was good enough i remember i remember thinking that gran torino was just just awful uh i i didn't see it and that was when i was in detroit (laughs) (laughs) uh let's see here american sniper jersey boys j edgar invictus grand oh i saw that one that was all right invictus with matt damon but it had matt damon so (laughs) right uh yeah yeah Eh, I'll see it eventually. It's going to be really low on my priority list. I finally just finished Silicon Valley last night, so it's baby steps for me. (laughs) 
Uh, finally, on Friday, they are discussing this uh, Will, is it Aremus or Oremus? I can never tell. I think it was a Remus. A Remus. Yeah. yeah, Will Aremus article about the new AirPods, not AirBuds, uh, to kind of clarify um, what the reality is going to be. They're going to be $159, so they won't come with the f- iPhone, as some people had thought, and they will securely connect to all of your eye equipment. They'll uh, stop playing if you start talking, and they'll turn on your microphone, and they'll have five hours of battery time. And you can uh, interface with Siri on them. And the part I liked about this is that they uh, created another uh, AI system called Luki, not Siri, but Luki, <laughs> who will find the nearest taco time for you and tell you what to get there. <laughs> yeah. And uh, finally, Andrew said something I thought was really smart, which was that the real point of the AirPods is to push sales of the watch. Because I guess you'll be able to do whatever you need to do on the headphones with the watch. And I know right. that that had been they had sold a little that, bit I think, more slowly than Apple anticipated the watches selling. So... That's mm-hmm. some genius marketing there, as far as I'm concerned. Someday the watch will be device independent, and then everyone will want one. Mm-hmm. Right. Because it'll be a communicator. Uh, but until then, as someone who hates jewelry in general, I'm just not going to go for it. <laughs> you know, I'm not going to wear one more thing, but, you know, even if it's convenient. So it would have to be good enough to replace something heavier, like my phone. Right. Yep. And then we make it to music for your weekend. We from Andrew we get Shotgun by Eugene McGinnis, which I really liked. From Luke we get Aminals, not Animals, Aminals from Baths. And from listener Anne, who is not me, we get Notice Me by Sun Tunnels. And that is the week. All right. I'm going to take us to housekeeping starting with some ways to get us out of jams. Thanks guys for your continued support of our show. Um, All jam talk aside, um, it actually helps with the everyday jams that make our show possible, including hosting for our audio content coming into your AirPods uh, (laughs) and our website, littleredbandwagon.com, and uh, all the crap that makes that happen. Uh, When we started the show, uh, some of us, and I say that very loosely because I was not one of the people who put the first play of cash in, but they just all... You know, Christy and Mike and Jeremy and them, they just paid for it and just said they wanted to do it and made it happen. And, you know, we never wanted to be in the business of uh, super aggressive fundraising, although the thought of getting our ringer friends in to pitch for us (laughs) (laughs) is pretty exciting. So thank you all for that. Uh, And, of course, stickers still available as always. And uh, I didn't mention it at the top of the show like I should have, so I will mention it now. If you didn't go back and listen to last Friday's show yet with listener Shanna, um, we are simply the latest in many, many medias, uh, mediums in which she has weaseled her way onto the air. Mm -hmm. Uh, And listening to her talk about how she's done that at many public radio stations was really funny. (laughs) Yeah, Uh, It was a great episode and a great clip. Um, So that one is worth checking out. Um, keep archiving guys and if you're new to us or new to the archive and you're still interested in helping uh, I believe I saw that Christy just assigned like episodes from a few months ago so we're almost uh, lapping ourselves to the present 
uh, and there's plenty of cleanup work to do on old episodes still to be archived or re-archived. So um, reach out to us if you're interested in that. Most importantly, the reason I wanted to grab housekeeping for this episode is because for weeks now, we've been telling you to go to littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon to do all of your Amazon shopping. And one of the benefits of that, besides us getting a few pennies here and there from Amazon for driving your business to them, we also get to see what you've bought. And um, it's actually a pretty substantial list because we've been doing this for a while. Um, Way to go, guys. Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, I didn't plan on pulling this number, but let me see how many items are on this list. It appears to be 163 things so far uh, as of when this report was pulled. Now, a lot of these are us. <laughs> I think we, <laughs> right. we us hosts uh, of this show, were early adopters. So I see a lot of things like I know Christy's been ordering for work. <laughs> so there's a lot of like snacks. <laughs> um, but I just pulled um, uh, six things that tickled me off the list. There are plenty more to go. We'll keep doing this intermittently. Um, someone bought a fancy ass treadmill that was $339. Uh, so wow. way to go. You, it was the most yeah. expensive item ordered so far. Um, someone ordered castle season eight on DVD. And I don't think it was my wife. So <laughs> if we can borrow that at some point, that would be great. Uh, someone bought the book. God is disappointed in you by Mark Russell. <laughs> Uh, somebody ordered a bag of fennel-flavored candy. Yuck. To each his own. <laughs> hey, whatever. We get the we get the money. You do what you want. Um, I was bummed that I didn't see anything overtly sexual yet. But maybe the fennel candy is. Who knows? Um, I see a squeeze-it tube squeezer, which is one of those plastic things you slide on the end of your toothpaste to make sure you get every last little bit out of it. Uh, ah. I applaud you, uh, applaud you for your frugality. And efficiency, whoever you are, Wagoneer. Uh, and someone bought a micro SD to SD memory card adapter that was 35 cents. And I'm just proud of you for bargain hunting. <laughs> I liked that someone bought a Blu-ray of The Jerk. Oh, uh, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> I sent that to uh, Jeremy so that he would watch it, I think. Uh, how to get involved littleredbandwagon.com and like I said for Amazon littleredbandwagon.com slash Amazon we're on Facebook at Little Red Bandwagon that's a real shock and we occasionally appear in the Stens page our Twitter is LRB Podcast email us at littleredbandwagon at gmail.com voicemails and texts at 802-432-TBTL that's 802-432-TBTL uh, Nerd Out Loud is back in action uh, go get it listen to it those guys are having fun uh they keep talking about how they're going to reformat things and i think that's the joke <laughs> <laughs> i think that's the new format yeah <laughs> um and let's uh do the sign outs real quick because we're going to throw to the uh tbtl final episode uh from the radio days sign off so um let's mix it up meredith why don't you get us out of here until next time this is the next party and we love you, Jen. Nailed it. What do you guys? What do you guys want to say here? With with only moments left in our in our radio having a uh, radio show having life. 
Uh, the real thing that we're losing, the three of us, is the people that we work with here at Cairo. And a lot of them really graciously came down here to be a part of the celebration tonight. And genuinely, you guys are what made it so much fun to come here every night. And it's the one thing that's kind of breaking our heart tonight because we're really excited to go to podcast land, but we're not excited to lose you. And uh, that's why we're glad that we're still going to have events all the time and we expect you to be there. And especially you, Mary Kay, because I often need makeup tips. Thank you. <laughs> Shonda Tori, Japan's number one mixer. Mm -hmm. Strong Britney. <laughs> right now, this is time for Strong Britney. You know, and it's probably going to hit me is come Monday, mm -hmm. when when nobody that I like is here. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> um, um, I'm totally kidding. But uh, I just want to say that I um, had I've been having such a great time, and it's con going to continue to be a great time. And uh, TBTL will always have a special place inside of. You know, past my, my chest cavity bones mm -hmm. in my heart. And maybe even past your heart into parts of your spleen, which is actually yeah. not healthy. Yeah, I know. Ask Jen. She has a medical degree from St. Regis. So thanks, TBTL, for screwing with my body. <laughs> All right, well, listen, we're going to uh, uh, wait. How long is this song? It's by a the four way? minute song. We're going to okay. go. How much, time, just... how much time do I have left here, about then? Six minutes, about five minutes. Okay, okay. Uh, I want to take my time with this. Um, I just uh, I have to say that uh, if uh, this reminds me a little bit of my sister's wedding because I practiced this little speech and I said that I wasn't going to get choked up and then I uh, I completely got choked up. But if in my uh, if if in my entire life uh, I don't ever uh, get to be a part of anything else like this, I will be more than happy uh, when I die, which will probably be tomorrow from alcohol poisoning <laughs> but putting that aside for a moment this uh, is this is the kind of thing being a part of tbtl and getting to do it at cairo and getting to do it with all these people that work at cairo and also with um some of my very best friends in the world and i mean my really actual best friends in the world um jan and sean has been like the most uh, uh amazing experience of my life so so thanks a lot and as we uh, as we sing a little uh, a little journey for you tonight I want to remind you, uh, no mountain too high. Good luck to all. At Proximum Con Weeweeum. And uh, I had to write this down, by the way, lest I forget. And uh, we'll see you all Monday at high noon. Sean, could you please take me out of my misery? Yay! I just realized that most people can't hear this. Just a small town girl. Okay, yeah, that's it. Living in a lonely world. Oh, we're pretty in tune. She took the midnight train going anywhere. Just a city boy. Born and raised in South Detroit. He took the midnight train going anywhere. A singer in a smoky room, the smell of wine and cheap perfume. For a smile, they can share the night, it goes on and on. 